When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This very interview took place live inside the Influencer Vault. If you want to learn more about becoming a member so that you can see the video of this interview and a lot more and be a part of weekly interviews that take place and have opportunities at your fingertips to speak, write, and be interviewed, go visit theinfluencervault.com today and sign up to get your free gift and then you'll uh, be directed to the website to learn more about the Influencer Vault. Hey everybody, we are live back again. Corey Poirier here with another interview in our series. The last two weeks, we've had uh, we've doubled up. We normally have one a week. We've been having, I think, two a week. And, uh, and you guys have been responding in kind. So thank you guys, everybody, for joining us for the interviews. Uh, if you're in the replay, we still love you, too. So thanks for joining us in the replay. I have a brand new guest with me today. Uh, so, Sharon, what we usually like to do here is we like to get our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves. Uh, and then I always say, uh, you know, maybe that they, if they're seeing you for, or learning from you or hearing from you the first, for the first time ever today, uh, what would you normally tell them? So can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Don't worry about how much detail you go into because we're going to dive in deeper anyway. Okay. So I was 40 years in education. I have taught every grade from third grade through a four-year college and I teach math and I've taught everything in between. I spent 29 years as a teacher, 11 as an administrator. My most challenging was when I was a high school principal. So I have this rich education background. While I was a teacher, I started noticing patterns in students' names with their behaviors. And so it took me 15 years because I was curious if I could use this as a tool to know how to assemble, you know, groups better. You know, who should I put with whom to get a maximum productivity? And so I worked on that. It took me 15 years to figure out all of the patterns in the names and what they meant. And then I went and traveled to over 70 countries talking about this system. I was already talking in different countries about spiritual things during the summer. So I just utilized that network and said, now while I'm here, can I also talk about namology science? Because I think there's some some good stuff here. And everybody said, where can I find out more? So that caused me to come back and write the book, the first book, which became, I'm pleased to say, an authentic bestseller. No gimmicks, no buy just today so I can get my name out there. It took it six years and it won some awards for writing. So I'm very pleased with that because all math majors know we go into math so we don't have to write, you know? <laughs> so, um, and I worked very hard. I rewrote that book 10 times before it ever came out because of people's suggestions. Um, and so it's literally the patterns of a name and what that tells us about a person. And it's so encouraging to have the science because you never meet a stranger and you can compare two names and you can see where the potential conflicts are and better yet, what the solutions are. 
So HR departments now utilize these services to say we've got conflicts between these two employees. We don't want to lose either one. What needs to happen? You know, and and attorneys are using this system to select their juries. But the most fun thing about all of it is when individuals call because it literally says, why are you here? What's your overall arc of the reason that you're here? Why did your soul choose to come into life at this time? What are the seven subsets so that if you do these seven things, you will have accomplished your goal? It literally gets that specific and it even gives you the timing of when you are going to focus on what. And so it's just exciting because just knowing the first vowel of a person's first name is their communication style. Just like Corey, for the first vowel of an O, which you are, it doesn't matter whether it's the first letter, second letter, third letter, it just has to be the first vowel. And then that tells us that you like to be the one in charge. You like to, to set up the rules. You like to set up the framework. You know, you like, you're more comfortable when you set everything up because that way you know it's going to be right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's, it's fun. My first vowel of an A says we're going to be practical, to the point, direct, you know, we don't skirt the issues and we have a tendency to be workaholic. So I look back and say, yeah, it took me 15 years to figure it out and three years to test it. And and here we have this incredible revolutionary science that only uses letters, no math. Everybody assumes because I was a math major that there's got to be some numbers in there. But other than figuring out what year you're going to do something, there is no math. <laughs> so that's primarily my background. It's I mean, it's fascinating is the word that comes to mind. And so I, I want to ask you now, I'm curious, what is uh, E as the first one? Oh. E are the detectives. They're fabulous listeners. They, they're they very aesthetically oriented. They always notice what's on the wall. If the picture's crooked on the wall, they're going to walk by and straighten it out. They're going to notice how people are dressed, if it's appropriate for them or not, or uh, for the occasion or not. Uh, first vowel of an A, for an example uh, just cares, are their private still private and are they clean? Uh, and is it comfortable? They really don't care about the rest. So like being a first vowel of an A, if I'm going shopping for clothing, I'm going to take somebody with a first vowel of an E with me because they're going to say, that looks like garbage. You know, you don't want that, <laughs> you know, or whatever, or this looks good or that doesn't look good. And the next one with that aesthetic eye or that really notices is the O's. So O's and E's are incredibly compatible because they have a lot in common. And when we did a study of what causes the longest marriages, and we looked at literally thousands of, of the statistics on how long people stayed married and whatnot, first vowel of an O with first vowel of an E actually stay married the longest. They have the best percentage chances of making it work. Wow. So I'll tell you, and so I love it because you pretty much summed up a lot of what I know already about uh people in my life that have the first vowel of an e so my girlfriend her name is shelly so obviously an e would be the first uh, my son's name is sebastian so it would be an e and her father is eric so again it'd be an e <laughs> and i'm meaning shelly's father and what's interesting about what you said is all three of them something that i notice about them is they observe everything so like when we're driving down the road, they notice everything. And you mentioned like attention to, you know, they notice if a, a pitcher's crooked. Well, right. they notice everything. Like Shelly, when she's driving down the road, she can tell me if there's a crow on the top of a line that I, I'll never see, you know, in my life. <laughs> and so it was interesting when you say that. And of course, I'm an O and she's an E. So that's why I was intrigued by it. My son, my other son, his name is Elijah. So of course, his would be an A. Or sorry, I shouldn't say of course, but we named him with an A. So his right. first one would be an A. And so anyway, that's, that's so intriguing to me. 
So A's are the workaholic. They're the workforce. They notice what other people didn't get done. They're always work-oriented. Get the work done first, then we'll go play. And if somebody didn't do something that needs to get done, the A steps in and does it for them because it needs to get done. I mean, they're really driven by it needs to get done. So they end up working longer hours, not because they're they're short on their own stuff, because they're pitching in and doing everybody else's. But then in the morning, nobody says thank you because they didn't notice it needed to get done. That's why they didn't do it. And then they don't notice that you did it because they didn't notice it in the first place. And so A's work for appreciation. So then they get a chip on their shoulder. Nobody sees half of what I do around here, you know? And I always say to the A, just wait till the next day. Hold your horses, see if you can wait. And then you go up to the person who you noticed something didn't get done and you said, you said, oh, I noticed this didn't get done. And of course all that person's hackles all go up, right? Because nobody wants to be judged or told that. And then you say, would you like some help? All the hackles come right back down again. Now, they're either going to say yes or no. If they say no, you yesterday would have done 100% of the job, but today you don't have to do any of it, and they know it needs to get done. And if they say yes, you're only doing 50%, half of what you would have done yesterday. And they're going to say thank you. So, you know, you just got to hold the horses, but the A's are the doers. On the other hand, at the end of the day, when they finally run out of steam and they sit down, it's like, oh, could you get up and go to the bathroom for me? I am tired. I don't want to have to get up. There's no energy left, <laughs> you know? So they only have two speeds, 100 miles an hour or zero. <laughs> wow. So I'm curious. Now, I mean, there's so much to kind of unpack there. So what I'd love to get, I mean, as far as the names, does it also, is there is there beyond the first vowel? Like, is there other aspects of the oh. There's four positions. There's the first vowel, which is your communication style, how you make purchases, you know, your dependency, codependency, all of that stuff, um, how you shop, how to get gifts for you. There's so much in the first vowel that I literally wrote the third book, Know the Name, Know How to Connect, all just on the first vowel. Because if you just learn those six letters, you've got such a head start and an end with people. Like what does somebody need to become a lifelong best friend? All of that's there. Then there's the first letter of the first name. Okay. And that is the first impression that you're giving somebody. Like with a C, which you are, is always I'm in charge. <laughs> Don't question it. I'm in charge. And everybody automatically says, okay, you need to be the one in charge. <laughs> they just feel it with the first vowels of a C. Okay. And that's your first impression. And it usually comes with some of the most difficult challenges, like one of your seven of your situations is going to come out of that first letter because it's, it's the most powerful. Okay. It's like how you present. Then there's the last letter of the name. And the last letter is the thing that we remember the most about that person. Now, I'm just talking about the first name. It's what we remember the most. So with yours being what a Y, right? So that just means you're very likable. You're very charismatic. You can get along with anybody you want to. And the question is, do you want to? <laughs> okay. So, but that's what we're going to talk about behind your back is, oh, Corey is just so nice. Okay. And so that's what we remember the most is the last letter of the name. Now, all the other letters in the name are what I call the middle letters. And those are the subtleties. And those are the letters that take us longer to get to know somebody. It's like, as you unpack who this person is, you start to see after a while, because the first, those three positions just kind of hit you right away. Now you start unpacking who is this person and that's hidden in those middle letters. Then you have the letter combinations. How, 
each letter has what I call a personality. And then you have to put the personalities next to each other and see how they're going to interact. Now, again, I always go back to that classroom. If I put, for example, somebody that is a, uh, a controlling person that wants to be in charge, wants to be in the one in control, and I put them next, which is a C, and I put them next to an H, which is somebody who just wants to go with the flow. Whatever, I'll get there. You know, just put me in the river and I'll float, pick me up at the end of the river, you know. And now in a name, you have a C next to an H like Cheryl or Michael. Okay. Then what happens is that person doesn't know whether to be in charge and steam ahead or whether to let go and let go with the flow. So there's this constant conflict going on inside. Where do I step in? Where do I let go? And so they have a tendency to do things the hard way. Because they can't make up their mind where they're supposed to go. What aisle are they in? So you have to know the individual letters and you have to know how they play together. And then you take that information and it sounds complicated, but I literally teach this in 15 hours. <laughs> okay, so it's simple. But you you take those con the first name combination and you drop it into the last name, which sounds hard, but it's a really simple process. And so that way you get... This is the essence of the person in their first name. And the last name is their influence from outside. So you get both nurture and nature. And what's their influence? And how did that influence impact them, change them, modify them? You know, and so that way you get the whole picture. And that's why everybody with the same first name is not the same. Wow. It's So, I mean, now I'm curious when you mentioned about, um, you know, you used it whenever you were trying to decide where people are going to sit. So for when you teach this to people, is, is there a lot of um, memorization to it or can they, is there something they can refer to once, you know, once they're using the system? I'm just curious because I think for some people, everybody's probably different. The name would even tell you who's going to have a harder time remembering some of the stuff versus the person that's going to probably pick it up right away. Uh, one lady who called me and said she wanted to learn this, I literally told her, I said, honey, you are bright in your name and very intuitive, but you have none of the letters that you need and able to do this well. And I don't want to have you wasting your time or your finances. And she goes, no, I really want to learn it. She took my course three times. And then she took level two, which is all the subtleties and how you work with all the, the businesses. Okay. And she did that one twice. And I tell you, she's out there and kicking it, kicking it up a storm. But I mean, it was simply her will and her determination. So to answer your question, Corey, there's certain letters that it comes easier for. But I was in that classroom 29 years teaching all those levels of math. And so I have a story to go with every math concept. I feel like I'm the Walt Disney of mathematics. Anyway, but I have a story to go with every idea of every letter of the personality so that it it goes like a mnemonic device right into the brain. So like, for an example, the first letter of a C, those people are charming and charismatic to cover their need to be in charge and in control. Right. <laughs> okay, so you get all of it in this little mnemonic device. And then I have stories to go with it. And then I have what I call brag sheets because I never gave my kids tests. I gave them brag sheets. Let's see. Let's start bragging. How much have you learned so far? <laughs> you know? Okay. So we have brag sheets along the way. And I think people surprise themselves how much they can remember. And then we have cheat cards so that you don't have to memorize any of it. But it's kind of like a phone number that you dial all the time. After a while, you just remember it. And especially because you've got key words on your cheat cards that literally key into the brain and say, oh, yeah, 
And this whole story unpacks from those keywords. So, so far from everybody that's taken the course and learned it, everybody's doing super. I haven't had one yet that I've been pulling my hair out with or making more gray hairs. <laughs> so there's one other thing I want to ask you about this thing, because this is, I don't know where, like, I, the reason I never plan interviews that this is the question I'm going to ask is because something comes up in the interview that I'm like, I need to go down this rabbit hole. But one of the things I'm wondering about is, so is this kind of programmed, like based on your knowledge of how we figured this out, is this programmed basically after somebody decides somebody's name, they take on the characteristics and, or the other part to that is what happens? Cause we see a lot of people now changing their name. So would it be their first name or would it be the new name? Like, I'm just curious how this all works from the root. Okay. So every, every sound has a vibration. And just like we're headed toward vibrational um, with biofeedback machines, vibrational medicine, we're headed in the way of recognizing the impact of vibration. So every time somebody says your name, that vibration is being reinforced in you and you're going to start matching that vibration. Okay, so you're going to become your name. On the other hand, when there were still only seven religions on the planet, before I very jokingly say they multiplied and divided and everybody made up their own, okay, they all agreed on some certain basic concepts. And one of them was that the incoming soul impresses upon the person that's going to be naming them what they want to be called. So we name ourselves. Okay, oh, wow. so this is how we're coming in to support ourselves. And this is the blueprint. Literally, your birth name is your blueprint for your entire lifetime. Now, let's say that I go, mm, don't like that name, now I wanna be called this, okay? Um, and that happened to me because my mom will tell you that the first thing, I didn't talk for a long time, but the first thing out of my mouth was a sentence when I finally did talk and I literally told my mom, you got my name wrong. And she was so shocked, <laughs> okay? And I think now I look back and she tells that story all the time and now I look back and say, "What? look what I'm doing and yet I knew that as a soul coming in because she named me Sharon. And only after she went to a wedding and heard Sharon pronounce Sharon, did she come back and tell me and my whole body vibrated. And I went, that's it. And it's spelled the same. It's just what part of the world you're in, how it's pronounced. And so from then on, I was like, within three days, I was like, don't call me Sharon. I've never liked that name for me. You know, I'm a Sharon. So, so let's say, okay, we change. All right. Then what it does is our blueprint is already set by whatever's on that birth certificate. That is our blueprint for the world. How we go about that blueprint changes based on whatever name we're currently using. Mm, wow. I love that. And so and so if you as the person is trying to read who like who that person is at the core, you're going by the new name, though, right? Like if you met, I go by all of them. Okay. Like when somebody gets a reading with me, it's so much fun. I mean, it's just like they they bless their hearts. They become so vulnerable because there's no secrets. I always say from the bedroom to the boardroom, we know all about you once we've got your full name. Okay. But I ask for the parents' names because I want to see what you picked up that you would not have had that's in your name because you lived with your parents. I ask for your birth name. Then I ask for all names you've ever used including nicknames because I want to see how you changed, how you modified where you are now. Okay. And then sometimes I will make a recommendation like, and, and sometimes something else will hit like this one lady, bless her heart. I said, I think your name is spelled incorrectly. 
I said, from everything here, this part is out of alignment and everything else is in alignment. I think that your name is spelt incorrectly. I would ask you to go back and ask mom or go back to your birth certificate and see if it's matching because you think it's this, but there's something out of alignment. She called me three days later and she said, oh my God, you were right. I do have two ends there, not one end, you know? And I just thought, yeah, because it screamed, because names tell a story. And sometimes there's a piece of the story that doesn't fit and you go, oh, wait a minute. You know, or sometimes somebody's saying, I wish to become more like this, or I'm choosing to evolve into a more compassionate person or a more forgiving person or whatever. They have goals. And you can tweak a letter or say, go by this nickname for a while, and all of that will become easier. And what I really like to do, Corey, is when a child impresses upon the parent what they want to be called, because I don't want to come up with the name. That's not my job. The child's not going to impress it upon me, right? But once it's impressed upon the parent, call me. Let me give you how to spell the name so that you make the goals that are in that name easier to accomplish. Let's just make life a little easier. Wow. It's so, I mean, it's like I said, fascinating is the word that comes to mind to me around this. And so I'm also curious, like, obviously we know now, cause you talked about how you used it in the school system that people could use it. If you're an employer, maybe even to deciding, is this the right employee for this role or for our company? Is it also something that salespeople can use whenever they're like, they go meet the, the CEO and they're, you know, they're working with the CEO and trying to see if it's a good fit and what have you. Can they also go, okay, this is what this person's looking for. Or is this the type of person they are based on the name as well? Um, the answer is yes. There's unlimited juices. I can tell you the story. I was in, uh, hired to go over to Kauai and to give a talk and do some readings. Okay. So one of the people afterwards came up to my sponsor and said, I missed the whole thing, but do you still have any of her books left? And the sponsor sold him a book and he studied it because he had heard from other people that were there what was going on and how to do things. And so he studied it and he told the sponsor, you know, a week or two later, he called the sponsor and he says, you know, it's really interesting that I have wanted this particular job for eons. And so I used, I had an interview coming up. So I thought I'm going to learn this material. I'm going to go ASAT interview. I'm going to know exactly how to talk to the person that's going to be interviewing me based on all this knowledge. He says, I killed it. I got offered the job. And then I thought, What's my boss's name going to be? Who am I going to have to work with the closest? And they told me the name. And he said, and I compared the two names and I went, oh, yuck, I'm going to hate working for that person. And he goes, and I turned the job down. <laughs> wow. Amazing. It, it's powerful. I have, I, I was a military wife for years. And so we moved a lot. And there was one principle that I thought, I saw all the challenges in his name to my name. And I thought, seeing them ahead of time, I'm going to be able to work with this. After one year, I said, I don't want to have to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> and after the second year, I just went, I know we were supposed to be here for three years, but I'm done. I thought, this is just too much work. Even though I could see all of it, when he did different things, I could see why he would do that. But I thought, it's too suppressing to who I am because I'm a creative being. And I thought, you can't just regulate everything, you know, and take all the creativity out of teaching in that classroom. Because some, 
you can't, everybody doesn't learn from the same cookie cutter system. And I like the creativity of, okay, what's going to work for this child? What's going to work for that one? And, and let's mix it up. And when he was so cookie cutter and I just thought that just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it, it comes, it's at, at the core of it. It sounds like it can help you realize if people are compatible or aligned, like, it, you know, in terms of relationship, in terms of career, in terms of even decide, because one of the things I think few people do that they should is fire customers. You know, everybody's scared to do that, but it might not be the right customer for you. It might be that customer that you go, if I take this on, I know it's going to be, it's going to be bad for both of us. And then people still say, yeah, but I, I want the extra revenue. So I'll take it on. Oh, I had one of those yesterday, Corey. I had one of those yesterday. She had called me uh, like three days earlier and said that she, you know, wanted a session and she gave me her background story. I don't need a thing. I honestly don't need a thing. Your name's going to tell me. Okay. And so, but she, she needed to get it out. Okay. Well, she was an E person and E's like to, to talk and get their stories out and whatnot. So anyway, I listened and then she called back three days later and I had been looking at her name in the meantime, because it, her story was very moving. Okay. And I had been there myself in my own world. And I was like, how can I help her the most according to her name? And I thought I cannot help her from what her name is. She's asking for information. She's not ready to hear. Mm. I said, and until she misses this other piece and stops thinking like a victim, she won't be able to hear what I have to say anyway. So I literally took a half hour of my time and explained the thinking process of victimization, how to get out of it, and what core belief system had to switch. Just one core belief had to switch. And when that switched, then she'd be ready for a reading from me. Now, I took 20 minutes on the first call, a half an hour on the second call, and then I looked at the clock and I went... I got to go. I got two minutes and I've got to prep, you know, I've got to turn on the machine and everything for my next reading. And, and I said, you know, I feel badly, but I got to get off the phone. And when I said, okay, I'm getting off the phone now. Cause she didn't say, okay, thank you. Whatever. She goes, what the, and my, and I had hung up, I'm getting off the phone now. But I thought until some people can hear a core piece of something else, or then a name reading isn't going to be appropriate for them. And I know that sounds crazy, but I, I don't want to waste my time or their time giving them information that they're not going to be able to immediately utilize. Because A's, first valve, and A's are very practical. If you can't immediately put this into your, into your world and have it help you, then we've wasted our time and you've wasted your resources. So literally, I fired that client until she can change her mindset. So I'd love to get your take on this. And I, I mean, this is just me reaching because, again... It's, I don't want to say the person's name fully, but I'll just say the first vowel. I just want to get, and I'll tell you something that they do that I think is very powerful, but I wonder if it, if it relates to their name. Is it, in other words, is it a, let's say a trait of their name or that vowel, I mean, but this one uh, colleague and client I know quite well, she, her way of saying it, which I really love it. I mean, maybe I resonate with it, but she said, I work really hard to repel the wrong customers. So <laughs> customers. And to that, she goes to the extent of one of the things I, I pointed out that she does that I love is she said about as far as refunds, she in her on her website, when she's there's a course she's putting on, it says our refunds are non-existent. Don't. Yeah, that's on my refunds. that's on my website, too, is I don't give refunds, except that if you hire me to do something and I'm looking at your name and saying I'm not appropriate. 
Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, with her course, she's saying, you signed up for it, you're attending it. We don't do refunds after that. But the fact that she puts it right there on the website, most people aren't willing to put it. And the way she puts it, right, our refunds are non-existent. <laughs> and then she says, take the time to decide if this is for you before you sign up. We'd rather you do that than come in, you know, just wishy-washy. But the, the reason I'm asking that is, that's her approach to sending emails. Everything is that I want to repel the people that say I'm not a fit for them so that I can draw in only the people that's the right fit for us. Does that have anything to do with the E or could that be another part of her name? No, that's in a different part of her name. Okay. E's are wonderful listeners and they're going to take their time and listen and they're going to be there for you. So other letters in her name are saying, I'm practical. I'm honest. You know, I'm upfront. I'm direct. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's some really strong letters out there that where people are really direct and they like, there's a combination. that's a TH that is just confrontation in your face. Now the other letters around it will say they all know how to do that. That are THs. Okay. But the other letters around the TH will say if they enjoy doing it or not, do they try to avoid it and only do it when they have to, or, Hey, this is just who I am. Boom. There it goes. But that's the most confrontational combination is the TH. And so last question before I ask you the most important one, which is how we can learn more and connect with you further and keep this conversation alive. The, I want to ask you, and you may have referenced it early on and may have told me in the past, but for whatever reason, when I'm trying to pull that, I'm not remembering it. How did you learn all this information? Like, how did you learn this? Is this something that has been around? And this sounds naive, but has this been around for thousands and thousands of years or longer? Uh, or is this something you created? Like, how did you come around this? Knowledge? I created it. Okay. I totally created it. And then I tested it. So okay. it took me 15 years to figure out the patterns. And that came from that my pat my brain is absolutely a pattern oriented. That's why I was able to do the math all the way through and get my master's, right? Being a, a majored in math and then having my master's degree. And so I am always looking for patterns in life. That's what makes life make sense to me is when I can see the pattern. Okay. It's kind of like people always say you're looking inside the box or you got to get out of the box. I'm looking at the box. <laughs> I want to know how that box is constructed. Okay. And so I developed this. Like I said, it took me 18 years overall. And then I've kept perfecting it and learning more as I've continued and that's why there's three books in this series and the fourth one's coming out before Christmas this year. So, um, but I literally did it. If you look at my name, once you know the system, you see that I have incredible observation skills. I have practical deduct deductive reasoning and logic. I have a, an incredible memory for details. I can drive everybody nuts with them. You know, now that you look at my name, you go, she's got all the component parts that are needed for me to have done this. I got you. Wow. It's, I mean, it's just so amazing. And, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Enneagram. I am. I and and I should have written down my letters or my whatevers, but I am one of those that's only three percent of the population. Oh wow! Whatever that thing is, and my friend that is really into the Enneagram, she says, "Oh my God, you're brilliant!" And I go, "Not according to the brilliant people I grew up that were all around me. I was the caboose." <laughs> But but anyway, it, it's one of those that's the 3% of the population is that group. Wow. It's just, I mean, like I said, this is fascinating to me because uh, I, I, growing up, not growing up, but it, early in my business career, I learned about personality types. So similar to the Enneagram, but at the time I learned it, I, I learned it through um, a company I worked for. So it was their approach to it, but it was just very, it was very um, 
their approach is very simple. So in other words, it wouldn't necessarily uh, probably be as accurate as yours. Like it was like, if this person is uh, high energy and talkative, et cetera, et cetera, then you should mirror that. If this person is very slow talker, methodical, and, and asks a lot of questions, like it would just be, how do you respond as a salesperson to that? But what it did, it took me from the lowest salesperson on the board to like literally going to get fired every month to the only and youngest uh, person to win in our office, but the youngest person in the country to become a President's Club member within six months. And the only thing that changed was me understanding at least the way they were teaching it, personality types. Now, I don't think it got it all accurate like yours would, but I think it was, it still put me on a path where I was more observational of, okay, I'm too high energy for this person that's turning them off. And it's amazing the difference it made. So I can only imagine how powerful this is. Well, I have been hired by companies to come in and train their sales forces on how to sell according to the name. And again, it all lies in that first vowel. So that's really important. And then we do practice sessions like, okay, I've got this person with this vowel. How are you going to approach? How are you going to whatever? And what's really interesting is at the tail end, I always say, who's your most challenging people? Let me help you since I know the entire name. Let me help you. And you hear people in the audience going, oh, my God, it was like she was right there in that conversation with us. You know, <laughs> it just, you know, it's you can sell totally and you adapt. Just like if I'm pitching to be on a show, on a media show, if if the name, if the first vowel is an A, an O or um, a Y, I'm pitching facts first and then I pitch who I am. But if it's the other vowels, I pitch who I am and then I pitch the facts because you have to connect first with some and the others want the bottom line first. So you just modify, you know, a little bit and it helps you tremendously. So I said I wanted to ask you how we can learn more, but I, I have a, a half question now that I, <laughs> okay. I, mean, I could, I could uh, you know, explore this for hours because it's so fascinating. But I'm wondering as well. So when a, if a person, let's say, and I'm thinking now of the pitching, like they want to pitch to be on a podcast, just that example. If they're approaching, they, they know who the host is or who they're going to pitch before they send the pitch out, did they typically, would they now have your books and like, if they still haven't memorized it, would they go through and say, okay, this is like, figure out their name, almost like learning a language, like figure out the name based on looking through your book, or would they typically hire you uh, as an example and say, okay, I'm going to go to Sharon uh, with the 20 things I'm doing this week and say, here's the names, help me out. Like what's, what's the norm or is it both? They can do it. They can hire me, but that's a, that's a, you know, that's an output of expense. (laughs) Okay. Or, they can learn the very basics. I literally, in chapter two of the first book, where I'm talking about the first vowel in the first book and know the name, know the person, I literally say, okay, let's put this to use. If I'm a car salesperson and I need to sell a car, somebody comes up with this vowel, how am I approaching them? And I literally say it, okay, what if they have an I for a vowel? How am I, what am I starting with? And Because you always say your name's first, you know, what's your name? All you have to do is pick out that vowel and then you've got your script right there. And that's in chapter two of the first book. And then that that third book is everybody says you're getting more out of these vowels than you've put in that first book. And I thought to me, it's obvious and it's there, but it wasn't so obvious. So I literally made a skinny book. <laughs> OK, the other two are fat. I literally made a skinny book and spelled everything out (laughs) and even gave you a cheat sheet at the end, but you read it. So you get the story. So when you're reading the cheat sheet, it kicks into the mnemonic devices in your memory. Amazing. Amazing. So Sharon, this has been an absolute pleasure. I said that the most important thing to me always when I watch an interview or learn from somebody 
is what do I do next? So for me, often it's how do I connect with them further? How do I follow them? How do I get the books? How do I learn from them? So of course, we don't want to leave people with them not knowing where they can go from here. Is there a hub or a direction or a place you would send people if they want to learn more or continue this conversation? My favorite website is Know the Name, because if you can't write something down and later on you go, oh, I need to remember the name of that website. I need to know the name. Oh, my gosh, that was it. Know the name. Okay. But a lot of people just refer to me as the name lady. So I have a website that's more modern and more updated, even though the other's my preference and that shows my age. So we did an updated website, which is called The Name Lady. Okay, but the books are available at Barnes and Nobles. And if they don't have them in stock, you can order them. They're available on Amazon. They're available from my website for the least amount of money. Um, but right now I only have I'm out of some of them. So you have to have a little bit more patience as I'm waiting for more to get delivered. Um, but anyway, any of those ways you can get it from the website, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. And most bookstores can order them if they don't have them in. And so the name lady, I just confirmed it, is the name lady.com. Correct. And know the name.com. Know the name.com. Is, is that the same website or two different websites? Two different websites, two different layouts. I mean, if you like the, the website that you just keep scrolling forever, that's the name lady. If you like the website that's all like, here's the most important information on the front page, and then you go to the tabs and you go skip, skip you don't want to look at the pages you're not interested in, then that's the know the name. Now on the know the name, any page but the home page, you can get access to the third book on the vowels absolutely free for your readers. I just got a big block up there on the right hand tab and it says sign up here. And when you sign up, it will automatically send you an email that says, here's your sign in, here's your password. You go to the members tab on the know the name site and literally, you put that information in and up pops the book. Love it. So amazing. And with your permission, uh, I would love to call this a to be continued because I know we barely scratched the surface. And uh, and I feel like there's so much more we could cover. So again, with your permission, Sharon, I'll call this a to be continued. And we'll look to bring you back on in the future as well. Oh, I'd love that, Corey. Absolutely a pleasure. Thank you. Awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, thanks, to everybody, for checking out the replay. Feel free to put comments, post questions, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, and I'll see everybody back in the next couple of days. So thanks so much, Sharon. Thanks, everybody. Until next time. Again, this interview was from TheInfluencerVault.com. Come and join us as a member inside The Influencer Vault to see how we can help you up-level your game, become an expert sooner, and become an influencer today rather than tomorrow. Again, theinfluencervault.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.